Hear the Gospel of our Saviour Christ according to St John, chapter 18, beginning at verse 33. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the King of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Come, Holy Spirit, and be our guest. Open our minds, our hearts, and our wills to the God who enlivens us through you. For we ask it through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The story is told of a Victorian bishop who left a rather unusual request in his will. He had penned a short verse and he asked for it to be read to his clergy on the event of his death. And it ran something like this. Tell my clergy when I am gone or me to shed no tears, for I shall be no deader then than they have been. Years. <laughs> well, it's true that we clergy, and I dare say we ordinance, often aren't the fireflies in the dark night of the world the gospel invites and challenges us to be. And I'm afraid to disappoint you, I'm no exception to this rule. But I am very grateful, nonetheless, for the invitation to preach this evening, and I'm very happy to be with you. One of the things I think that tends to get clergy into trouble is that we often have a facility for asking stupid questions. Back in the 1980s, some teachers in the US got together and created a holiday for their students, Ask a Stupid Question Day. It was hoped that this might encourage students to ask more questions in the classroom, and it's still observed in some places on the last school day in September. In fact, some schools in the UK and Ireland decided to adopt the custom in 2009, and it has been reported in schools as far afield as India since. I'll leave it up to you to decide how often Ask a Stupid Question Day is celebrated here in CRTI. <laughs> some students might give different answers to that question, I suspect. As we mark the Feast of Christ the King, I want us to sit with a question from the Gospel. It isn't a stupid one in this case, it's the heart of the matter. In fact, I'd say it's the very heart of the universe. We join Pilate and Jesus inside Pilate's headquarters. Pilate wants to know who's in charge. Are you the king of the Jews? He asks. This initial question shows us that he has seen through the ploy of Jesus' accusers. He knows they are bringing him on a political and hence capital charge. Rome alone has the power to appoint client kings throughout the empire, and a claim to kingship is pretty well tantamount to saying that you're declaring a rebellion. Jesus, however, isn't interested in talking about who's in charge. He's talking about the truth. He's got something more important to talk about. 
He says this, For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate quickly realizes that he's under his death, so he shrugs his shoulders, he rolls his eyes, and he asks a rhetorical question, one that's in the very next verse, after the end of our Gospel reading. What is truth? You'll forgive me for going just beyond the limits of our appointed lectionary readings, but that's the question I want us to stay with this evening. I think the lectionary provision cuts the Gospel off in a rather strange place. Truth is the theological heart of the trial, and reading our Gospel in its context, I think, makes that clear. Have a look later at the chapter for yourself. What is truth? Pilate, I think, asks this question as a joke, with a sarcastic, cynical, dismissive sweep of the hand. It isn't asked as a philosophical question, a deep investigation of what really matters on Pilate's lips, but it is a curt dismissal of this messianic pretender. But what Pilate has done, without realising it, is to ask the most important question in the world, at the most important in time in world history, what is truth? Pilate, however, is a pragmatist, and he's a realist. He's got to keep his employers in Rome happy. He's got the Judean leadership to keep sweet, and he's got the crowd to keep calm. He isn't going to risk being stitched up by Rome, double-crossed by Jerusalem, or slaughtered by the crowd. He's got no use for truth. He's interested in what works, what keeps the show on the road, what keeps everyone happy and his skin safe. And who can blame him? He's not going to put his neck on the line for some rowdy upstart who thinks he's the shot. Let's not be too hard on Pilate then. You can see the appeal of his perspective. We stand with him most of the time if we are really being honest with ourselves and with one another. And we're still ruled by people like him, and often, it must be said, quite successfully so, in politics, in finance, in business, and even on the sports field. Pilate isn't a monster. He represents what most of us think most of the time. Let's just get the job done. What's the truth got to do with it? There's a lot of Pilate, I think, in each and every one of us. And then there's Jesus. Truth is the whole reason for and the meaning of his existence, and that's currently causing Pilate a big problem. Truth, for Jesus, is a statement of conviction about the past. It's a specific story about how God has worked in history, God's plans and purposes and promises enacted in real time and in flesh and blood. That's what's at the heart of our appointed psalm this evening. It's something of a lament, asking God to save the king, yes, but it grounds this petition in God's covenant with David and in the choice of Zion as a revelation of God's earthly presence. In other words, the petition is grounded in how God has acted in history. But truth isn't confined to the past. It's also a promise for the future. What is true is ultimately what will always be, that which never passes away, that than which nothing could matter quite as much, that than which nothing could matter for quite so long. Jesus' word for this in our gospel is, I think, kingdom. The kingdom Jesus speaks of is, as James Cone would put it, 
God encountering humanity in the very depths of his being in the world and releasing us from all human evils and sins which hold us captive. It isn't of this world, Jesus says this explicitly in our gospel, but it is for this world. And so it does manifest in, impinge upon this world. This world, however, can't handle God's new kingdom being inaugurated smack bang in the middle of the old earthly kingdoms. And so Pilate is quite right to see this as a threat to his security and to the status quo. But there's another sense of truth. You get this sense of it when you think about Pilate's wealth and power and position and the fact that all he can do when faced with Jesus is shrug his shoulders. There's something present about it. Truth is about coming face to face with Jesus, the one who is and who was and who is to come. It's about seeing that the past holds for him no missed opportunities, the future holds for him no uncertainties, and so the present holds for him no anxieties. It's about discovering that we can entrust then our past into his mercy, our future into his care, and therefore our present into his love. Throughout John, the Gospel writer connects truth with a plethora of other significant themes, word and spirit, trusting and believing, seeing and knowing, light and life, creation and salvation, and significantly here, testifying and judging. Here, this very much comes to the fore. We and Pilate is, we are and Pilate is, being presented with trustworthy, reliable, authoritative testimony. Jesus is to be trusted. Jesus can be trusted, the Gospel writer stresses. Truth, then, has three dimensions, we might say. The past, we might call that faith. The future, we might call that hope. And the present, we might call that love. Faith, hope, and love. So let me throw Pilate's question back onto you this evening. What is truth? How would you respond? Who do you think has it right? Is it Pilate just making the best out of a bad situation? This seems to ring true in a world where it is pretty well acceptable to say whatever works for you and then, and only then, to worry about persuading others that it's true? Or is it Jesus giving us faith, hope, and love? But before rushing too quickly into saying yes and amen to Jesus, be sure you've counted the cost here. This option takes courage, and it always takes an acceptance. It requires an acceptance of the consequences. For Jesus and for countless others since, it cost him his life. But I've got news for you folks. This is what you signed up for. Or I might say, this is what you were signed up for. What is your answer? What is truth? Well, one thing is for sure, I think, that isn't a stupid question. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.